Blog Talk Radio. host Bernice Alexander Bennett and a special welcome to the callers and chatters to the show tonight. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. Tonight's show is about the Midwest African American Genealogy Institute the only institute designed to focus exclusively on African-American research strategies. The Midwest African-American Institute, Maggie, is a place where attendees learn, research, and gain the tools needed to become a stellar genealogist and family history researcher. Maggie offers a total of 78 classes over three days with evening lectures and guided personalized instructions. This year, Maggie is scheduled from July 9th through the 11th at the Genealogy Center at the Allen County Public Library in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I am very pleased to welcome the coordinators of the various Maggie tracks. Janice Minor Forte is a genealogist, writer, and lecturer who has received awards and citations for her research achievements. She is a member of several societies, including the Association of Professional Genealogists, the National Genealogical Society, the International Society of Family History Writers and Editors, the Illinois State Genealogical Society, and the Afro-American Genealogical and Historical Society of Chicago. Dr. Shelley Murphy is an avid genealogist for over 30-plus years. Dr. Murphy, a.k.a. Family Tree Girl, presents genealogy workshops at local, state, and national genealogy conferences. She holds membership in OGS, NGS, APG, DAR, and local genealogy groups. Dr. Murphy is known for her inspiring and interactive so what analysis and timelines for genealogy 
genealogical research. In addition, she presents interesting problem-solving methodology and techniques. Angela Walton Raji uh, is also a well-known and nationally known genealogist, and she's nationally known for her research and work on Oklahoma Native American records. Her book, Black Indian Genealogy Research, African Ancestors Among the Five Civilized Tribes, is the only book of its kind focusing on the unique record sets pertaining to the Oklahoma freedmen. And then I am also speaking tonight. I'm an author, lecturer, storyteller, and family historian, of course, talk show host, and I've traced my roots in Louisiana and South Carolina. And I'm a member of many of the organizations I I mentioned that the other members are part of. So let me give a warm welcome to all of the coordinators. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for having us, And we're going to start off with Dr. Shelley Murphy with track one. So, Dr. Murphy, you're on. Hi, everyone. Glad y'all came out tonight. Well, let me tell you a little bit about track one. It's the fundamental methods and strategies. So what we have coming up for 1A is looking at how to do time and file management, looking at evidence, determining what is evidence, and talking about records and resources. You're going to have a a case study as one of the courses, and a course to so what. You have Judy Russell, the legal genealogist, Oh, excuse me, genealogist talking about public records in the law, slavery in the law. Angela Walton Raji will be in showing you how to document the ancestral community. And then I'll be teaching a class also on researching the free and enslaved. So this whole track 1A is really about getting organized, setting up your files, and learning some basic strategies to further your research. Then we have new this year, Track 1B, which is Methods and Strategies for Slavery Era Research. And some of the class offerings in there will be Nika Smith joining us to do systems to track and document enslaved populations. She's also going to be talking about leaving no stone unturned, case studies in identifying the last slaveholder. So this track is really focusing a little deeper into slavery and the records and resources that are available. Janice Forte, who is also a coordinator of Track 3, will be uh, walking the class through researching the digital library on American slavery. She's also going to be talking about the plantation journals, which is a resource pre-emancipation and documentation of slaves, their lifestyle, their owners, culture, and kinfolk. Bernice will be coming in and um, teaching about examining slave ship manifest. She also is going to do a session on finding your ancestors in wills. 
in slave runaway ads for slave era research. We have Tony Carrier that's coming in and talking about Reconstruction era records, the key to breaking through the 1870 brick wall, and also documenting enslaved ancestors in working in antebellum records. We've got a, a great, great schedule for everyone that's coming. Angela also is going to be teaching about slave rebellions and uh, resistance and the slave schedules and how to use them. I think 2019 is going to be a fabulous institute, and I hope folks come on out because these methods and strategies are definitely going to be able to help you in further your research. So, Bernice, it can go on to track two for DNA. Okay, and before I tell everyone about DNA and genealogy, do you have a class size limit and should we tell people they need to register right away to get into your class because it's so popular? Yes, and it's filling up right now, and typically we don't want more than 15 in that class, in either of the classes, 1A track or 1B. So, yes, thank you for reminding me. And also I want to tell you briefly that Wednesday night, we have a tradition at Maggie, and it's open to all the tracks, and it's called Brick Wall Night. And what happens is 20, 30 people get together, and each person brings their information on their brick wall, and the people that are present all focus on that person's brick wall, and it moves around the room so everybody gets a chance to ask for help share information. So it's one of our popular evening sessions, and we've had several breakthroughs in those uh, brick wall nights. So thank you for reminding me about that. Well, I'm not going to let you go just yet. So tell us a little bit more about So What? Oh, So What is one of the strategies. And we have a bullseye one that will be coming up new for 2019. So in a complement with one of the classes that Angela Walton Raji is going to be teaching. So, so what? Okay, what that is is an analysis technique. We're going to be asking questions of the documents and the resources. And then we're going to sit there and think about, well, so what, I got this information. What does that mean? Or what's next? You know, what are you getting out of that document? So we're going to go through pretty much like a death certificate and just break it apart, break it down and analyze the information's there. I'll be walking around energizing and motivating people. So what, you got somebody's maiden name. What does that mean and what's it going to do? Or what do you need to do next? to keep researching. So they're building a research plan, just basically questioning and saying, well, so what? So what? I got this information. What does that mean? So it's fun, but it's also intense because you're breaking down the document and making yourself realize there's more to just what you see or there's more leads in there that you might have ignored. So it's a very popular little fun strategy to analyze. And and you're exhausting this research. You know, you want to be able to pull out everything you can out of a document that will help you 
go find some more information regarding your research. And so what you're saying, though, is this is not a lecture-based institute. This is a working institute. Oh, this is school. (laughs) This is an institute. (laughs) It is not a genealogy conference. There is pre-assignments for the people in Track 1, 1B, and 1A. So people that are registered will get an email and get the information because they need to come to class prepared. And there will also be an opportunity for them to be upstairs in the library and do research for one of their classes. So it's a busy time and it's intense, but we also have fun. And we try to keep the classes small. And you'll hear from the other coordinators how many they allow in their classes because there's so much hands-on information. And everybody is working towards, you know, their brick walls or learning these strategies or putting them into practice in their case study. Also, since it's at the Allen County Public Library, what can you say about the library and why that's such a valuable resource to those that attend Maggie? Well, one thing, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because for the newcomers that come to Maggie for any track, we have a class on Tuesday morning where we have Melissa Tennant, who is um, one of the directors there at the Allen County Public Library, which is they have the genealogy center there. And what she will do is introduce the library collections, the holdings, how best to use the library resources in the genealogy center. So that's mandatory. So this is what's special about Maggie. They are in Fort Wayne. They're basically at a repository just like a family history library in Salt Lake City or the National Archives. Allen County is basically number one with U.S. records in the United States. So it's an opportunity for people to do research, not just the state of Indiana. It's for the whole United States. And as far as African-American ancestry, they have a huge collection of records and resources for various states there. So it's a great opportunity to get exposed, to ask questions, share information, because you never know who you're going to meet, and there's probably going to be a relative that you didn't know or that you guys have lines. The students are finding that sharing information and the interaction that they have with the other students because we typically take a list in Track 1 of what states people are researching, and so it's kind of posted up so they can see if there's any connections. And it also will go down to the county level. So that's another opportunity to find someone else that you can network with in the same areas, you know, that you're researching. So it's a great opportunity, again, to expand your experience and your knowledge and, and of course, build skills on the research that you're doing. And so I'm walk turn away it back with some, to you now. Yeah, some mm-hmm. lifelong friends also who are well, doing the exact absolutely. same thing that you're doing. Absolutely. And what's nice is our Facebook page, and I'll let Angela or or Janice can talk about the Facebook page, because that's the continuation of Maggie. So people are still interacting and talking and sharing information, and it's coming from all over the United States. 
That's right. Well, thank you so much, Shelly, and I will share a little with everyone about Track 2. Track 2 is entitled DNA and Genealogy. Now, we have broken Track 2 into two different areas. One is called Track 2A, and this is a track for individuals that are new to DNA testing and have not taken a formal course or really feel competent that they understand the basics of genetic genealogy. Then we have track 2B, and this track is an intermediate DNA class. It is designed for individuals that have taken a DNA course either through Maggie or another entity and are ready to move into intermediate to advanced DNA analysis. The faculty members are Shannon Christmas, and Shannon is primarily uh, focused on the intermediate uh, DNA class, Janice Loveless, and she basically works only in the track 2A, which is for the new individuals, We've brought in a new uh, guest. Many of you probably are aware of Melvin Collier and his Roots Reveal blog. He is a new instructor in the DNA and genealogy track, and also Nika Sewell-Smith, and I'm sure all of you know Nika. So let me just tell you about some of the prerequisites for the course. All participants and both tracks should have taken at least one autosomal DNA test and received their test results prior to attending Maggie. Now, any of these tests are suggested. Ancestry DNA, 23andMe, Family Tree DNA, and MyHeritage DNA. Now, there are some additional requirements. All students are required to read the Family Tree Guide to DNA Testing and Genetic Genealogy by Blaine T. Bettinger and Genetic Genealogy in Practice by Blaine T. Bettinger and Debbie Parker Wayne. Now, we strongly encourage that you get these two books and definitely read these two books. As I mentioned before, you must have your autosomal and other DNA test results. And then we are having, for all of the uh, tracks, individuals in Track 2A and Track 2B, a Maggie DNA conference call. And those of you that have registered will receive a letter and an invitation to participate in this conference call, and that's where you can ask all the questions you need to have answered uh, prior to coming to Maggie. We ask that you consider, but we do want you to make certain that you read all of the privacy guidelines for each of the test results that you consider uploading your autosomal results to jedmatch.com. Now, we're not requiring you to do this if you do not feel comfortable, but definitely for all of your tests, we ask that you look at the privacy guidelines. And then create a spreadsheet of your results. Now, let me just give you an idea of what may happen in the various classes. 
on the first day, everyone will come together as as a group, and we will begin with the beginner's genetic genealogy so that everybody's on the same plate at the same time. And Shannon Christmas is going to take you all through this introductory part of DNA. Now, some of you may say, I already know this. Yes, you probably do know this, but we're going to just go over it again. Then we have a course uh, entitled Confirming Enslaved Ancestors Utilizing DNA. And then that's Melvin Collier. We have other courses, DNA Standards and Privacy and Ethics. And not only do we discuss standards, privacy, and ethics, but we also discuss the emotional side of DNA so that you all can understand what's really happening when you start getting these results and you have some unexpected findings in those results. We do talk about off-site solutions, JEDmatch, what to do with it and how. There's also a, a session on building a genealogy research plan for DNA. And then the big four autosomal companies, exactly what's offered in each of these companies. And then putting it all together, DNA and paper records. Janice Loveless is going to really work with those of you who haven't done this. And then we have the student research plans. This is a capstone project. Yes, you will have a project you will be working on. You may even walk in with with the project or some issues concerning DNA. You know, so many of us, we, we look for those trees, and sometimes we find that people just copy trees and have no idea how the individuals that match them are connecting to them. So this is part of what we will be working with you on. Now, if you have any questions, feel free to call in and ask those questions. If not, we're going to move on to the next track, which is track three. So you're on track three. Hi, this is Janice Forte, and I'm the coordinator for track three. But before I talk about track three, I wanted to remind everyone that this year, for the first time, we have three scholarships available. So keep that in mind, listeners, and you can go online and find out which of the scholarships you want to apply for and apply for that. Now, track three. Track three is pre- and post-slave era research, and in that track we have as faculty Julianne Schultz, who is the Vice President at Ancestry.com, Roberta Ridley, uh, who is a, uh, with the, the Fort Wayne <laughs> African American Genealogy Institute, excuse me, Genealogy Society, the world-renowned Dr. Alfred Brothers, who's a former lieutenant colonel in the, the Air Force, and we have Melissa Tent and Tennant, and who's the uh, Associate Director of Allen County Public Library, and you have yours truly, me. Track three focuses on learning to expand your research. We will we will concentrate on ways of exploring new documents, groups, and to teach you problem solving and in depth skill building 
researching in pre- and post-slave era documents. The best, the best way to explain it is Julianne will focus on uh, research using trees and organizing and getting the most out of ancestry. She then goes on to exploring uh, and to, the, the ancestry certificates. She moves into slave identification by name, age, groups, and then unfamiliar African-American slave research at Ancestry. And then day two is our military day. It's amazing to find out that you had an ancestor, in uh, an African-American ancestor in the Civil War or the Revolutionary War or even before that here in America. So Dr. Alfred Brothers will show you how to search, decipher, understand, and incorporate this information into your research. He then moves on to founding of a nation, uh, the the Revolutionary War and the post-Revolutionary War records. And then he moves forward into the rebirth of the nation, the Civil War and post-Civil War records, and World War II and the Expeditionary Forces. Roberta Ridley ends up the day in telling and introducing an ethics story. She teaches an ethics ethics in genealogy by relaying the life experiences of a client. Melissa Tennant goes more into, Shelley mentioned that Melissa Tennant uh, does an overview that is mandatory for everybody to take on the first day. She goes more in depth with that uh, on the third, the second day in track three. And then on in track four, excuse me, track three, yours truly, me, I teach census data, researching plantation journals, seven proven strategies to, for identifying your slaveholder, and, of course, of what's my brick wall. And through each one of these classes, we focus in on what the African-American researcher needs to dig deeper to find the important document. In the What's My Brick Wall, we break up into four separate groups, and we, the group that identifies one person in that group, what is their brick wall, what have they been struggling with, and then they in small group sessions, they focus in and research that, and they report back to each other. And that ends up our day, but we really want to highlight the scholarships we have available. And with that, we'll take it on to Angela. Um, let's see. Well, I'm track five. Um, did you want to do track oh, you're four? Oh, you're five. Bernice. Bernice. So, okay. I am track four. And this is the writing track. Now, the faculty members for the writing track uh, include Shelley, Dr. Shelley Murphy, Janice Minor Forte, Thomas McGinty, Nika Smith, Anita Henderson, and Melvin Collier. Every single individual teaching in this course has written an article, they've published a book. 
They have been involved in blogging, family history journals, what have you. Now, the focus of this track or the goal of this track is to encourage researchers to turn their research into the printed word, whether the medium is electronic in the form of a blog or an ebook, or to have a tangible printed publication. Participants will learn about the various platforms for which they can do this. Now, we have something that's really exciting that's going to happen. On the very first day, you know, you find so many people that are just afraid to write. Well, the very first day, Anita Henderson, who runs the, gene, uh, the genealogy writers uh, workshops, is there to help you in a genealogy writing lab. You know, there's something about accountability when you're in a room with others who are writing. It makes you want to write, or maybe it forces you to make progress on what you've been trying to write. But you keep making excuses not to finish. We all know what that's like. But this is a day-long writing lab focused with structured time to write. There's no teaching, there's no PowerPoint, it's just writing. And, of course, there's a bit of sharing. So what I want everyone to do is to come ready with your already started genealogy project or at least with an idea of what you want to write and be ready to make some, pro some progress. Now, each writing session will correspond with the uh, writing, the genealogy uh, sections. So let me just give you an idea of what you're going to have. We're going to have Dr. Murphy talking about time and file management. Uh, Angela Walton Raji will talk about developing your book proposal for mainstream media. Uh, Dr. Shelley Murphy will also talk about it's all about the writing. And then Nika Sul Smith, using Canva for publication design. Janice Minor Forte, publishing a heritage book. Uh, Thomas McGinty, publishing a genealogy ebook. Uh, Nika Smith, publishing a family book. Melvin Collier, blogging the family and the research story. And then there's writing and publishing your family history. I will talk about writing a collaborative book. Let me tell you something, folks. We are going to have writers by the time you leave <laughs> this writing course. So don't be afraid to write. Come in. I'm talking to you from experience. <laughs> I've been there. I know what it's like. But we are there to help you. And so you will hear more. I'll post it on our um, Maggie Facebook page, the prerequisite for the course, because I do want you all to, to purchase two books. One is on writing, and then another book is by Tom Jones, because I want you to understand exactly what, when you're writing and you have sources, 
how do you want to document those sources? And how do you want to start writing and making sure that all of the documentation is going the way it should go? So this is what writing is all about, folks, and I want you to get excited. I'm excited, and so I look forward to having just at least we're going to it's this is one of those classes that's not going to be a big class. So, we're looking for at least 12 participants for this class. Come on in, don't be afraid. We're here to help you. And so on to the next track, Angela. Okay. Thank you so much, Bernice. And wow, you know, I'm so excited listening to what everybody's doing and every single track so far can be described as a track that is really breaking barriers. We are piercing the glass ceiling in terms of of some of the places where genealogical research and genealogical exchange has been limited, and it is so exciting. And we're piercing the ceiling again with a brand-new track at Maggie that is going to focus on the Freedmen of the Five Civilized Now, this is exciting. The freedmen of the five civilized tribes known as the Cherokee, Choctaw, Chickasaw, Muscogee Creek, and Seminole Nations. These are the five tribes that were removed from the southeastern part of the United States and moved west on the forced migration, yes, the Trail of Tears. The freed men and women and the families are actually those individuals who were once enslaved by citizens of those tribes. Now, one thing it's important to understand that the freedmen of, quote-unquote, Oklahoma, it was not Oklahoma at the time, it was Indian Territory, but those who descend from these five groups of freedmen are unique, truly, well, I'll say uniquely, the largest group of African-descended people in North America with the most provable ties to any Native American tribe. That does not mean we're the only ones. There are people in New England and other parts who can document ties. But we have extensive records that begin at the time of removal in the 1830s up and through and well into the 20th century with documented ties to these tribes. And this is covering multiple generations of people. Now, I am so excited. We have a very dynamic faculty. Ron Graham is a specialist in Muscogee Creek Freedmen, and Terry Ligon out of the West Coast is joining us. He is a specialist in Chickasaw as well as Choctaw Freedmen. Janice Lovelace, who has been researching for quite some time, Choctaw Freedmen as well. Nika Smith, who's also on the faculty in in two two other tracks, um, she researches and will be sharing her experiences researching her Cherokee Friedman family. And yours truly, Angela Walton Raji, I will be speaking about my research documenting not only Choctaw Friedman, which is where my Walton family certainly comes from, Indian Territory, but I will be talking about several other aspects and other record sets that are a little bit uh, less familiar to the general public. Our class offerings, they're so exciting. We're going to start out 
with basic records for Oklahoma Freedman Research. And everybody who dabbles a little bit in Native American, they've heard of the Dodge Rolls, but there are a lot more records than that. But we're going to start out talking about the Dawes Rolls and beyond. Terry Ligon is going to be following up with really looking at probably one of the most extensive cases in Indian Territory history, Chickasaw Freedman and Equity Case 771. This is a case where almost 2,000 individuals who were once enslaved in the Chickasaw Nation who really filed suit, and he descends from the head litigant in that particular case, to have their classification in the territory will really move from that as freedmen to that as Chickasaws by blood. These were the sons and daughters of their Indian fathers, and they said, hey, wait a minute. And the reason why that classification was significant, number one, they knew who they were, and then secondly, because of certain political policies, there was a difference between the receipt of 40 acres of land for an allotment or 320 acres of land for an allotment, and these individuals had proof of who they were. Then, of course, I'm going to look at the slavery era and earlier using the traditional Freedman records, and I'm also going to look at the military history, looking at Indian Territory freedmen who were in the Civil War, both United States colored troops and lesser known, the black soldiers who served in the Indian Home Guards. Ron Graham is going to be really lighting things up with his information and his expertise looking at Muskogee Creek people. He's going to be particularly looking at the Creek Dawes roles and some of those earlier roles, those old series roles. He's also going to talk about the Creek Freedmen towns and those districts that many, many people lived in and some still live in today as well. Then, of course, we're going to hear about an incredible case, the case, uh, actually it's a, a two outstanding cases, the case of Joe and Dillard Perry and Dora and Jesse McGee. Again, citizenship issues because these were people who were met with many challenges by their former enslavers, and it's an incredible, incredible story. We're going to hear about how Nika Smith found Ike Rogers. Now, those who researched the Western Frontier may have heard of Ike Rogers. He was a U.S. Deputy Marshal who rode for Judge Parker. He was also part of the team of U.S. Marshals, Marshals that captured Cherokee Bill, noted outlaw from the territory. And he, Ike Rogers happens to be Nika Smith's great, great, <coughs> pardon me, great, great grandfather. Terry is going to be really sharing a skill set on how one must follow, <clears throat> pardon me, the footnotes in Oklahoma Freedman Studies, which is going to be quite interesting. Janice Lovelace is going to be sharing how to really look beyond just land allotment. She's teaching a class on land records, but not just allotment, but also beyond. I will be talking about life before statehood, and really, a lot of those associations that many freedmen formed, such as the Choctaw Chickasaw Freedmen Association and more, and some of those early societies and institutions that were built by the freedmen. Terry is going to also point out, <coughs> pardon me, I have a tickle in my throat there, um, he's going to be talking about the fact that many people don't realize on the famous removal of people from the southeast 
there were hundreds of Africans on the Trail of Tears, and he's been researching that rather extensively over the past year. And then we will hear about the Freedman Community Extraction Project. I am so excited about this because many people don't realize we're talking about over 14,000 people, number one, who are classified as freedmen. In addition to that, you have some other classifications in the same record set of freedmen newborns, freedmen minors, and just an entire plethora of records that pertain to people who were in this category of individuals known as Indian Territory Freedmen. It's going to be exciting. This will be the first time in genealogical history that an institute will be devoted, a track at an institute will be devoted to the freedmen of the five civilized tribes. I discovered my family in 1991. I wrote my first book in terms of as a guidebook on how to research Freedmen records Prior to that, there had been other books on Native American genealogy. There had been books written about Oklahoma genealogy. Never once, ever, in spite of 14,000-plus records that had been microfilmed since the 1970s, never once had the community ever, ever, ever mentioned these records. You're beginning to hear a little bit about it. But um, we're going to talk a whole lot about it. And I am so excited. Can't wait until July. And, um, hey, we'll see you in track five. When you come, you're going to be making history. Anyway, back to you, Bernice. I want to take your track. (laughs) Everything just sounds so exciting. I mean, really. I I wish that I could clone myself to be in every single track. (laughs) But I have a question. Can I ask a question of Angela? Of course you can. Mm -hmm. Angela, just so Mm -hmm. we're clear, now you're talking about the freedmen and we're talking about the five civilized tribes. But if you don't have Native American ancestry, there's a, still a huge benefit, or you you think you do, but you don't know they were freedmen. Can you tell us why someone else, because I have Native American ancestry, say 5% shows up in my DNA, but I don't know who it is. How do I know right. my person is a freedman? Well, or we're even well, part of that. It, do they all have to come from Oklahoma? In this particular category, yes. We're talking the freedmen of the five tribes that were removed from the southeast, the states, of course, south and east, uh, sort of that southeast corner, because from Florida uh, to Mississippi, um, people were removed by the thousands, and there were multiple removals of these tribes. These tribes ended up in lands that had been set aside for them, and specifically we're talking Cherokee, Choctaw, Chickasaw Creek, and Seminole Nations. However, there are many people who stayed back. Number one, everybody did not disappear. There are still Seminoles in Florida. There are still Cherokees, certainly in the Carolinas. There are still individuals who have Creek ancestors in Georgia and um, 
um, what is the state of my missing? Alabama. I almost forgot. And of course, there are certainly there's the whole Mississippi Choctaw band that does exist as well. So many people did not leave; they remained, and they're still there. However, we're going to be talking specifically about records pertaining to 14,000 plus people whose records were created during that period from 1866 Mm -hmm. after the Civil War. And I say 1866 for a reason, because it was the Treaty of 1866 that was signed in western Arkansas in Fort Smith, which happens to be my hometown. But the treaties, and I say treaties, it's plural, of 1866 were signed with each individual tribe. Number one, because these tribes also fought in the Civil War for the South, and they had to agree, the United States, the Southern states that surrendered, Lee had surrendered in Appomattox Courthouse in, in April of 1865. The treaties of 1866, well, obviously, by the year itself, they were not signed until a year later. So slavery was not abolished officially until that time. But people, okay. of course, lived there, remained there. We're talking about that part of the country. There Got are it. records that I will be talking about from the East. So I, I would encourage people from all backgrounds. To come so back. you gave us a time frame and locational things as well. Yeah plus the knowledge of these five civilized tribes. Thank you. And I want to take this track, too. Right. Now, we have a question out of the chat room, and the question is, do you have to go in track order? Oh, not at all. No. Uh, Definitely not. Um, You know, if you have an interest in pre- and post-slavery and you're dying to hear what Dr. Brothers is going to talk about in track, of course you should take that track. But if you are really a beginning researcher, I would say, oh, by all means, start with, with Shelley Murphy's course. You want to get those fundamental strategies there. But maybe you've been doing genealogy for 10, 12 years, and you're ready to write that book. Oh, my God, you need yeah. to get in that writing track. And, of course, if you really say, you know what, I've been hearing all my life we're part Cherokee or part Chickasaw. How can I learn a little bit more, even if you find out you're not, but how can I learn more about who the individuals were? Take track five, of course. So, no, you do not have to go in track order, and uh, you are certainly welcomed. And um, uh, I would encourage you to, to join the Facebook group if you're not in it because a lot of our alumni are in there and can talk to you and give you some ideas of what their experience has been as well. And I also want to say if you're looking at track one, also look at track three because we're looking at methods and strategies. So depending on where you're at in your research skill or experience, like Angela said, Look at the things because you've got Juliana and Janice. I know you can respond for this, but I'm thinking mm-hmm. that's also another track to look at if it's your first time coming and you're not looking specifically at DNA or writing or some. Look at one and look at three. And Janice, you can take it from there, but I wanted to point that out based on what you have, especially for if you're looking for military, too, because you get a whole day with Dr. Brothers, like Janice said. Yes, okay, so right, now Kelly. we have a long question here, folks, and I know we know the answer to this one, but I'll read it to you anyway. 
This is a general question about Maggie. As a first-timer, what should I bring to Maggie? My genealogy binders, laptop, casual dress, recommendations for hotel, and whether we should come a day early to go to the library. Okay, folks, let's give it to them. First of all, <laughs> dress dress warmly Casual. for the library. <laughs> come from, yes, come bring, from bring the shoes. sweater though, because some of those rooms are freezing. <laughs> Amen, Janice. <laughs> and, come and early, one, and, yes. And and you get into the library uh, uh, because of Maggie. You you get permission into the Allen County Public li- Library a ha- or an hour beforehand, so you would actually get there at seven thirty. And you can gain access to the library and leave at, what's it, 5 to 6 o'clock when the library closes. Mm-hmm. Because of the badge that you will be wearing? Us. No, we can stay late. We'd stay late. Whatever time the library closes, because of your lanyard that you'll have on, the guard will let you in to do research. Okay. Also, everybody is strongly encouraged to come the day before because we have a meet and greet. And that is the time when you pick up your packet, your syllabi, a syllabus, and uh, you get to meet all of us. And yeah. you have and a you little, get to go, you know, refreshments. Go ahead, Janice. You get to attend the, the reception that is sponsored by the African American Genealogy Group of Fort, Fort Wayne. And there you'll have time to meet other attendees to to Maggie and meet the faculty and get to know everybody and have lots of fun. And pick up your package and your bag. I want to address, this is Shelley, I want to address another thing. Uh, Yes, bring your laptop. You know, I'm not going to say don't bring your files, but if your files are on your laptop also electronically, bring your laptop. If you're coming into track one, you're going to need your laptop, but you also need to have a brick wall that you're dealing with because you want to concentrate that as your project throughout your three days. And she said, we already said bring a sweater because the rooms are cold, and I'm saying comfortable shoes, you know, because you will walk a little bit. You know, if you're staying at the Marriott Courtyard, you're across the street from the library. If you book your room at the Town Place Suites, which is also a Marriott with, you know, a hotel, you're um, about uh, maybe five minutes away. So you will have to know either the Uber or Lyft or bus or whatever it is to come to the library. So, again, wear comfortable shoes, bring a sweater, definitely. And what was the other one? She And comfortable dress, please. Most, comfortable most, dress. Import, most, most importantly, you need to register right now because the yep. classes are filling up. Yes, and you can, that way you can pick your hotel and get there sooner. And I might mm-hmm. add, uh, you might want to look around your house and pick out that little pair of gloves, because like all <laughs> archives, <laughs> like all archives, a library is cold. I think each one of us will stress <laughs> that. So then you can slip on. This is not for for. Uh, uh, flipping the pages of an old book, 
but you can slip those gloves on and you will be much comfortable. And by the way, if you have an old shawl, I'm not speaking to the men, but if the ladies, if you have an, a shawl, bring it to put over your legs <laughs> as you sit in your classroom and do yes. your work. And it's cold right. because of the equipment as well. So, um, and a lot of this stuff, there will be some information that's sent to you before you come, um, you know, so you will know what is going on. I'm just told now that the rooms at the Courtyard Marriott have been filled, so that block is probably gone. Doesn't mean Mm. you still can't stay there, but you're not going to get the Institute price. So the other hotel that we have a, a block of rooms is the Town Place Suites by Marriott. So go to our website, which it's in the chat room, and click on the link that Angela posted, and it's about lodging, and try to get that secured because there's not a lot of hotels in the area where the library is at. They're building a new one, and it'll be there for 2020, but right now we got two. There's also a bed and breakfast but you'll see that link on the the webpage also. Also, somebody's asking, well, is the actual start date the 8th? Well, yes, it is. I mean, that's where the meet and greet. The the meet and greet and the reception and where you get everything is on the 8th, and you really want to come in on the 8th because we start bright and early the very next day. 8 a.m. Yes, and it's all day. <laughs> it's all 8 a.m. I will tell you, right, right 8 a.m. to 5.30. The library right. so it'll be pretty difficult Dunkin for Donut. anybody to fly in on Tuesday and, and start class. You want to come in the day before. Yeah. But, again, I'm just giving out the tip. There is a Dunkin' Donuts right attached to the library. So make sure you come in Tuesday. I mean Monday night. Do the meet and greet, and then we'll see you at 8 a.m. sharp. And you'll get this pre-information package prior to us coming. And um, I didn't know what the next question was. I think any... that's it. <laughs> no, uh, that's it. There's a question. There's a question, up a there. question Can you about eat in the what... library. Can you eat no. in the library? No, no. you cannot. No, <laughs> no. You don't want to get eat that, in that oatmeal on the donuts, books. but you can't eat there, and in any library that I'm familiar with. Right. And if yeah. people are looking for roommates, that's on your own. That's not anything that Maggie the Institute does or coordinates. We have a Facebook page. You are welcome. Right to go in because, you know, that is totally on your own if you're looking for roommates. And, of course, again, that's your option. We're not coordinating people with rooms. Okay? Right, but put it in the Facebook page. Someone may see it and say, hey, I'll come with you. So definitely join that group. Yeah, that's up to individuals if they're doing that. And some people might right. know each other. I see two in the chat room right now that kind of know each other, so they're connecting. So that's great. Right. Okay, now, Janice, Janice mentioned the three scholarships. Folks, yes. three scholarships. So this is your opportunity to take advantage of them. 
write, I mean, follow the guidelines, write your 500 or 1,000 words, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see if you, mm-hmm. can, if you can get it. So we're about to close out, folks. Do any of you have any closing words before we close out the show tonight? I'm just looking forward um, to the folks coming for all of the tracks, not just track one, all of the tracks. And this is an opportunity for researchers to get some in-depth experience on these specialty records that we're sharing with you and, and giving you the opportunity to learn from some of the best researchers in the country. And we appreciate your support and the come on out and get registered, and, and we will see you July 8th. Okay. And, folks, this is our eighth year. It's so hard to believe this is number eight. So we've been around, and we have totally enjoyed uh, the experience and watching the growth of individuals after they have participated in Maggie, how they have continued mm-hmm. to grow in their skills and how they've continued to also support each other. So we're looking forward to all of you participating in Maggie in July. So I just want to thank, oh, just thank the Maggie coordinators for sharing uh, this exciting information with us tonight. And everyone, please remember, your ancestors left footprints, and you should follow those clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. You can continue this discussion on the Maggie Facebook page as well as the research at the National Archives and Beyond Facebook page. And also remember to listen to the African Roots podcast with Angela Walton Raji and also watch for Black Progen Live with host Nika Soul Smith. Thank you so much for joining Ancestors Footprints Blog Talk Radio, and I look forward to all of you joining me next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Thanks.